good morning team, good morning crew. Good to see you. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. Fabulous Friday, got a few of the regulars in the house, good to see you. Shashank, morning, Donna, James, Alison, great to see you. Aaron, Chris, Brendan, David. Uh, Luke's there, David's there, uh, and Danny, morning, great to see you here, folks, thanks for joining me, as always, not always, but mostly uh, during the week, 10 past 8, we do a little bit of something called Wealth Coffee Chat, been doing it for a while, if you're new, give us a shout out in the chat, say hello, great to hear from you, where you are, what you're up to. Um, like I said, 10 past eight, Jason Witten's my name. If you didn't already know, most of you do. So let's get on with today. I thought today would be a bit of fun if we played a little bit of what if. What if? I was, I was thinking about this. I was pontificating. Pontificating. There you go. What's, what's the definition of that? I use it every now and then, but I'm pretty sure it means thinking, maybe thinking deeply about things. Uh, and uh, often, I think, you know, we understand we understand some rules, so some dynamics in uh, nature, in the universe. Well, we understand some. We, maybe we don't understand all of them. But uh, one of the uh, interesting things that uh, I was reading about, thinking about, looking at uh, the other day was Isaac Newton's. Isaac, Isaac Newton's law of, uh, of motion or momentum, I think it is. Isaac Newton's Law of Momentum or Motion. Um, tell me in the chat, do you, do you guys know what it is? Isaac Newton's Law. Uh, roll with me here. Let's talk about this because today I want to play a bit of what if, uh, what if something happens um, and apply uh, a universal law, a law in nature, a scientific proven law to economics to behaviour, to things. And, you know, I think it would be pretty handy if some of our politicians learnt some science and understood some things um, about this sort of stuff. Anyway, we'll have a go. We'll see if we can do it today. Does anyone know Isaac Newton's law? Uh, there's a few of them, actually. I think he's got a few there. But um, tell me, what do you guys what do you guys know? Do you know it? And if you don't, that's okay. Um uh, an object will continue in motion until external forces is experienced. Yep, yep. I think there's a, a plenty of description there. I think this is a shortened one. Isaac Newton, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Okay, interesting. Um, let's see if that's exactly um, uh, Isaac Newton, hey? Isaac Newton, here we go. Let's see if that's... Uh, have a look at his uh, sayings. Yeah, Isaac Newton's sayings. There's, for every action, there's an op- opposite um, and equal reaction. What does that mean? That's what I want to talk about today. To any action, there's always an opposite equal reaction. In other words, the actions of two bodies upon each other are always equal and always opposite in the opposite direction, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's have a look at that. How does that set us up for our conversation today? How does that set us up for our conversation today? Well, I want to play a little bit of what if, and I want to apply this. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Somewhere else, and how governments 
intervene um, um, how uh, pontificate. <laughs> Hopefully I'm being dogmatic, Chris. <laughs> Not pompous, but, you know, you never know. If you don't know me that well, maybe I do sound a bit pompous. But anyway, I'll roll with whatever it works like. Uh, thank you for the definition. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I love that. All right. Equal and upper reaction. Let's put this in context for today's conversation because we're property investors, aren't we? But also we're people of the planet, humans. Let's have a look at governments. uh, Governments. um, Let's have a look at governments and they're making decisions and have a look on the other side here. Right, let's talk about this one. Thankfully, this got canned. um, But let's have a look. Queensland. The Queensland Premier... Um, the Queensland Premier said, oh, you know what I'm going to do? All these people are coming to Queensland. They're, uh, you know, they're not paying land tax here because, you know, they live in Melbourne or Sydney. They own properties down there. We want to gouge them for land tax. You know, we want to, yeah, we want to, um, you know, change the law. Matter of fact, the proposal, folks, the proposal of land tax in Queensland, and I better get on with it today because I've got a few I want to talk about. So, yeah, here is the proposal. This is what the, the, the Premier proposed. Uh, land tax in Queensland. If you buy property in Queensland, state uh, land tax is meant to be a state-based tax, right? It's meant to be state-based, okay? So the law says it's state-based and the um, it's meant to be state-based, okay? So then Queensland said, well, you know what? Uh, we understand it's state-based, but we want to gouge you for more money because we're a bunch of muppets. Um, and uh, so, what we want to do is we want to we want to add up the properties uh, in, let's say, in Melbourne or Sydney or any other state in Australia that you own, uh, and we want to tax you. We want to calculate the tax you owe us based on all of those properties you own, which. By the way, is illegal. That's called double taxing. Our tax system, it's illegal to double tax you, right? Um, totally 100% illegal. But they, but they don't care. It's like, you know what? We're going to propose something illegal. Uh, so let's tax the, let's tax the punters, um, not only on the properties they own in Queensland, but uh, uh, as a calculation of the properties they don't own in Queensland, right? <clears throat> so ludicrous, thankfully. Um, it, uh, it got shelved, right? Yeah, it got shelved. So let's do this. Let's do the Newton's law, equal and opposite reaction. Tell me in the chat, what do you think a few things, you know, would have happened with this? You know, okay, Queensland was doing quite well. Queensland had some momentum. Uh, Queensland was attractive. People were moving there. Queensland was the beneficiary, uh, the knock-on beneficiary of all of this stuff, right? So, now, some consequences of that would have been would have been uh, less uh, money flowing into the state, you know, uh, then less income for um, less income for the state, and then sort of you know economic issues into the future. You know, people would have avoided Queensland, so the money they thought they were, would have made, right? They would have lost, it would have been negative in the millions, tens and tens of millions, because 
what is a what is money that Queensland makes when people buy here in Queensland? Tell me, what's a big chunk up front that people make or the government makes? Stamp duty, right? Uh, and stamp duty was meant to be abolished or gotten rid of when the GST came in. There's another lie and broken promise by governments everywhere. Anyway, so stamp duty. So what what this what this idea was is like let's gouge, you know, some people. Now it wasn't going to be everyone. Let's gouge some people uh, this illegal tax uh, so we can try and get some money. And then that what the consequences of that would have been investors were like, yeah, we're out. Melbourne, here we come. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to a better state. So they would have taken their money out elsewhere. And the land tax they would have gained, let's say, on one property might have been, you know, a couple of thousand dollars versus the stamp duty folks of $30,000. So brain dead, right? Going after two grand and the consequences would have been losing $30,000 worth of revenue. The compounding effect would have been shit house, you know, brain dead, brain dead, short-term gouge, long-term disaster. Yeah, it would have been it would have been an issue on supply. It would have been an issue, you know, on the state's ability. Anyway, Disaster. All right. Okay. Let's do another what if. Let's do this one. You know, has has a good concept. You know, all the landlords are evil bastards, and you know, so and so's. Um, you know, let's gouge them. No, no, no. We should just ban. You know, you can't put your rent up for two years. All right. So let's just do a play. Let's just do a what if on that one. Right. Um, the Greens are lunatics when it comes to this stuff. Um. Okay, well, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, our our interest rates go from 2% to 6%, right? 6%, right? 2% to 6%. That's our that's the cost of um that's the cost of our interest as investors. So our rents were kind of there. So then they go, "No, for 2 years you can't put your rent up, so you can't cover your costs." You can't even try and, you know, cover some costs for two years. Uh, what would happen? What would happen for investors? Not only this, there would be a disaster of investors. And again, it would knock on. It would have a knock-on effect on supply. Supply would go down. You know, who would do it? Valuations would plummet, go down. Um, defaults on mortgages go down. You know, bank shares get like it, like lunacy, lunacy, right? And then let's say if people made it to the two-year mark, made it to the two-year mark, what would they do on year two after two years of pain, um, you know, stupidity, not being able to increase prices just a little bit at a time? What would happen? You know, if my rents were, you know, if my rents were 400 a week here and I have to wait two years, and be kicked the shit out of, you know, economically for two years because some, some, some turkey still lives at home with his mum and doesn't pay rent um, or have a mortgage, massive increase of rent. You know what happens? The shock, you'd go from 400 to $800 a week. That's what would happen. And all that does is it kicks the can down the road a little bit for political gain. Oh, look, they paused it. They, they saved me some pain for a year or two, um, and they kicked it down the can, the road for later, right? Brain dead, all right? The problem with these 
concepts is there is zero, zero thinking about any consequences into the future, right? This is this is popular popularity, trying to find a voter base, you know, young people who are who can't get into the property market, having some challenges or problems, looking for a vote. It just it's it's gross. It's stupid, right? Talk about the reality of things. Give them a give them a hand. Give them a chance to get in. I've got a heap of bloody ways that we could help young people get into the property market. Stupid. Here we go. Another one. Let's get rid of let's get rid of capital gains tax. CGT, uh, and let's get rid of negative gearing, right? Negative gearing, the ability to um, to do that. Anyway, you guys here that know the drill, uh, if there's a cost that is not able to be offset by the owners of this real estate, where who ends up paying the cost here? Not only if you get rid of capital gains tax and negative gearing, right? Um, what has to go up significantly, folks? Tell me what has to go up significantly to offset the cost of no negative gearing, right? Uh, well, the rent. So right now, right, the government. Um, anyway, negative gearing is available everywhere. It's not just for property investors. Wake up and smell the roses, you lot. Um, you know, um, understand that negative gearing is is applicable anywhere in the Australian tax system for any asset that depreciates in value, um, yeah, rent and values. Exactly, Chris. The rent goes up, the values go up. What does that do? It does the exact opposite, um, um, exact opposite of what they're talking about trying to fix. You know, here's what happens. Um, I should get this. In a couple of the Scandinavian countries, right? So when you have no tax deductions, and you've you've owned a property for ten or twenty years, and you go right. I'm if I sold this right now, and also supply goes down. If I sold this supply down, if I sold this property now, I, I bought it twenty years ago for five hundred. Now it's worth two million. It would be nothing worse, in my mind anyway, that selling that and give it and paying tax on a hundred percent of my gain. What a kick in the face by the government. And you know what people would do? They wouldn't sell. Matter of fact, hey, that's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> Lock that one away, Jason. And it would, it, would, it would affect the supply chain. People wouldn't sell, right? The rents would go up to cover the shortfall because, unfortunately, the cost gets passed on to the end user. Brain dead. Absolutely brain dead again. You know, um, Let's keep going. Let's 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 have a have a chat about this. This is an interesting one. Has a few things in the mix right now. Um, uh, there's a conversation in and around um, the the overseas the overseas migration and unlocking some of the labour market testing. So this is a really interesting one, right? So what's happening right now is there's a there's a, a wage a certain uh, a certain ceiling, right? There's a certain ceiling. I think it's fifty-seven thousand dollars, and and this is this is going up, right? There was a certain ceiling on on certain visas coming into the country that uh, a temporary visa or uh, my a migra- um, not a migration visa. Um, I can't remember what the visa is called. Anyway, if you're coming from 
somewhere else and you come into Australia, a certain framework about what jobs and, you know, blah, 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 right? So, which was, and I, I don't know a lot about the history of this, so I'm just talking about some of the consequences here. So, okay, now if we say, all right, they're going to change they're going to change the threshold, which was uh, restrictive, let's say. And when, it, when, when, it, when you look at it, I'm like, oh, shit, that should have been changed a long time ago. It's been stuck at 57 or something for like 20 years, right? So, again, now they say, all right, well, we're, what are we going to do? We're going to unlock that threshold because we need to attract more people. I'm, I'm in agreement with that. We need more people in Australia. So they're going to unlock this threshold and – uh, it's going to go from 57 to 90. Tell me, folks, what happens there? The shock that goes through to um, the shock, let's say, goes to who who employs most of these people, you know, small to medium business owners, right? Now, this is not a conversation about paying people more. This is not. This is – I'm happy to pay people more um, as as business owners and stuff. Like, this is the shock. This is kind of – they they haven't done anything with for this for twenty years. Now they're going to do the shock of putting you know unlocking this threshold. Now people go, oh, I'm not going to work for fifty seven. Fair enough. Um, my price is ninety. That now is a cost to small to medium businesses. Tell me, folks, if your costs went up, you know, twenty three thousand dollars in one go like that, boom, what's going to happen? Who? So number one. If you survive, small to medium business owners, um, um, you know, struggle. They do. And on the back of COVID, if they survive, uh, so some, they'll just go out of, um, they'll go out of business. And a really good friend of mine um, owned a really nice cafe right next to my office. Mate, he's out. He's out. He can't run it anymore. Um it was pretty sad. I went to his last day the other day on, on Sunday for breakfast. It was, broke my heart. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't, you can't, you know, put coffee up to $9. Well, you could, but, you know, I'm not going to pay it. You're not going to pay it, right? So they're going to go broke. And then what happens is who's going who's gonna to foot the bill if they stay in business? Where they're going to pass it on to the customer uh, and that just fuels what, folks? It fuels inflation. I'm a, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what. I just don't understand. Aren't we? Aren't we meant to be trying to keep inflation down? Anyway, yep. I'm a bit, <laughs> a bit on the rant this morning. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's all pent up, Brendan. I think I'd have got to get Andy back on the back on the wealth, wine, and wisdom to to release my rants. Um, so there you go, my Friday afternoon release. Um, there's another one. You know, oh, we, we did a threshold uh, for first home buyers in Sydney. What happened? When you artificially create a threshold, artificially create like a boundary that, that um, what happens? You go right up to 1.5 million um, in Sydney, all of the first home buyers pay, you know, all of the first home buyers pay, less stamp duty and have less issues. Well, what happens to that price point? Folks, what happens to that price point, right? It's artificially stimulated by more buyers in that price point. 
then there is supply, and now 1.5 disappears and everything's 1.6, right? Wake up and smell the roses. All they did was artificially increase, look, sharp increase in demand for properties under that price. So now, now what happens is, um, you know, a property that was maybe 1.2, now people put it up to 1.5, right? So they artificially increase either the selling prices um, or what people will pay. It's like, but anyway, there you go. Artificial increase there. Another one. Here we go. You know, um, the weakness of Australia's cyclical small investor-reliant model. It's not small and it wasn't weak until the government broke it, right? When they brought in those APRA knobs um, that then absolutely poleaxed our supply system. It was actually working brilliantly. It put itself back together fantastically uh, after the GFC. Anyway, that's my opinion, right? So here we go. What's going to happen? Oh, we, the government has broken, broken something that has worked well for decades. They broke it. And now what are they going to do? Because they broke it, and they should have had a think about it. They're going to go, you know what we're going to do? We're going to allow large conglomerates, large multi-billion dollar funds to buy all of our sites and we're going to give them, we're going to give them massive tax deductions to do so. So you and me, folks, you and I, we don't get land tax deductions for supplying, you know, properties to the marketplace. No. They're going to give them 50% land tax land tax deductions, right? Uh, and they're going to give them all these other benefits. They're going to give them access to low uh, funding, you know, 3% loans to construct these things. So all that's going to happen, what happens? Now those properties, 70% of the development sites in Melbourne um, purchased in the last 12 months, uh, which is the high-density ones, Built to rent, folks. What does that do? What does that do to the owner-occupier, high-quality supply chain? It's gone, right? It's over, right? How can that recover? How can how can our supply chain recover? Anyway, I'm on a rant. <laughs> Question, what's that going to do? Well, I think that's going to push up rents and push up values of quality stuff. That's what's going to happen, folks. That's what's going to happen. I think I've got more here, but I don't have time. Anyway, I think I better get Fenton back on Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. I have a time a little bit today, but anyway, you guys know the drill, right? You guys you guys understand what I was talking about today. They're not, they're not, they don't think about the consequences. They don't particularly care. Uh, I don't care what party they're in. Listen, they're all, they're all the same, unfortunately. Um, sadly. So for us as property investors, what do we do about this stuff? Well, we need to understand. We need to understand the consequences of decisions um, and what they might mean to us. Sadly, you know what, sadly, this is the sad thing. This is the sad thing for people who aren't property investors, the, the people who are locked out, the people who are, you know, the people who the government 
and these policies are so-called trying to protect, they actually just make it worse. They make it worse for those people. They, most of these policies are going to be fine for me and you when we own our real estate and we know, we, we know how to manage our buffers and our risk and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, there you go. Anyway, rant over. Friday, Friday frantic rant or something. Anyway, there you go, folks. Wealth Coffee Chat over and out. What's the point? What's the whole point of today's conversation? When we hear things going on, we need to, as investors, you know, follow down a logical path and sort of say, well, what's going to happen? Where would it, where would it be? You know, um, um, what, what would happen here? So there you go. All right. Hopefully you followed along today. Yeah. Awesome, Alison. Um, the, uh, yeah, if you haven't already, I think there's, I think there's, um, oh yes. Perfect. Alison rents up. That's what happens, you know, and good. Well done. Good on you. You're running a business. You're not, a, you're not a charity. This is important for us all to do as we go into it. All right, folks. Well, if you haven't, if you're in Melbourne and you want to go to hang out tonight, uh, we're doing a pretty cool thing at the iconic in Melbourne. Um, Give your coach a quick email or a call right now and get yourself a ticket. Get along there. Excellent. All right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Brendan, no, I like that one, mate. So, oh, hey, there's <laughs> Chris is in Tassie. Uh, all right. Um, session on demographic. Yes, the baby boomers tapping out. What's going to happen? The, the wealthiest, the wealthiest demographic Australia's ever seen. What's go- what are they going to do with their money? Good one. I'm onto that. Thanks, Brendan. I love it. And uh, effects on regional hubs. Yeah. Yeah, there is that ripple happening, Brendan. All right. Great. As, as Brendan's doing, folks, if there's anything you want me to cover, let me know. I like both of those suggestions, Brendan. Thanks, mate. Awesome stuff. I'll make sure I get onto that. You guys uh, have an awesome weekend, and we'll catch up next week. Wealth Coffee Chat, done and dusted, over and out. Remember, we've got a couple of sayings around here. This thing's a marathon, not a sprint. It's going to take time. And buy well, don't sell. That's what we talk about. All right, folks, have a good one. Thanks for joining. Bye for now. <laughs>